Welcome back to the Social World Podcast. I'm Dave Niven, and as usual, it's a great pleasure to have your company. Now, we're in the middle of doing some voices from Ukraine, but I wanted to take a pause and let you hear an interview that I've done with an old friend of the program, Professor Johnson Hong Chung Wong, uh, who is based both in China and in Hong Kong. Um, but mainly, he was a co-founder about 16, 17 years ago of Social Workers Across Borders, which is a terrific organization that offer social workers opportunities to work as first responders when in disaster management. So from very big things like tsunamis, earthquakes, et cetera, which they've actually been participating in to various other things as well. So Johnson, welcome back to the program. Hello, Dave. Thank you for inviting me again. Okay. So, I mean, the world is in, as usual, quite a lot of chaos at the moment, and there's an awful lot of uh, problems going on and an awful lot of um, pain. I, yeah. Social Workers Across Borders had uh, has a specific remit, which essentially is to look at how to manage situations in times of disasters or in terms of crisis. So have you got some thoughts about the current situation? Well, I think uh, on one hand, uh, with the COVID-19 is still affecting uh, most mm. of us. Mm. Uh, of course, I know that in England, uh, it seems that the situation is now under control, uh, but not uh, all over the world. There are still places in the world that was civilly, is still civilly affected uh, by the Omicron. Mm. And uh, of course, uh, I think uh, the situation or the, or the war that broke out in uh, Ukraine is uh, uh, adding a lot of uh, difficulties to the world and uh, a lot of people is suffering and then uh, a lot of uh, uh, Ukrainian is uh, forced to be refugees uh, in, in uh, Western Europe mm. and also some went to Russia. And of course, it is a tragedy uh, among uh, different kinds of disasters. I think civil war is one of the worst. And then it is uh, life-threatening and, uh, and then uh, a lot of people were displaced. So uh, it is also uh, one of the uh, targets. I think the people are uh, needed help. And then there is also one targets of uh, uh, disaster social work responders. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, I think there's the need. Right. I mean, how is it being received at the moment? I mean, because you spend time both in China and in Hong Kong. Uh, and you know, you obviously pick up uh, you know, lots of particular points of view, conversations and so on. But from the humanitarian point of view, because everybody's got different opinions about Russia, but I mean, and from the humanitarian point of view, the great res refugee crisis, have you had any thoughts about where intervention could be better placed or, or ideas about... Um, you know, how to actually deal with the situation in a better way. Obviously, when we talk about uh, uh, crisis and disaster, uh, civil war is one of the worst. And um, in this case, a lot of people uh, were displaced, not, uh, not only killed, uh, I think a, a great uh, number of people were displaced. Mm. And some of them uh, were... Um, Refugees become refugees in Poland, and uh, some of them go to Russia. But uh, even within the Ukraine, uh, there are people move uh, from the east to the west, and they are uh, 
they are having a lot of difficulties, even if they used to the, uh, they were in now in the uh, western part of Ukraine. Mm. What I'm thinking is that uh, uh, disaster social works to establish ourselves uh, more internationally. Now, uh, if there's a war, we understand that the international Red Cross can do something, even in the war zone. And obviously, they are now working uh, quite hard in the Ukraine. So can disaster social workers also uh, be regarded as a humanitarian uh, support, uh, that we are neutral, and then that we, are, we can work in the war zone. And of course, we can also work in the refugees uh, area in Poland or other places. I can only draw uh, references to Syria. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there's a war in Syria, uh, of course, this is quite difficult when the war is still uh, fighting very fierce, fiercely in Syria. It's quite difficult for uh, social workers to enter into the war zone. But uh, as I understand, uh, uh, for example, there's a lot of refugee camps or centers in Turkey. And uh, and also, I think social work responder, uh, if we have that uh, finance and that uh, uh, and we have sufficient volunteers, we should also uh, respond to the mm. needs of the refugees. Yeah. Okay, some of the, 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 the uh, people might need a little bit more clarification, I think, because I understand you, but in terms of what the actual frontline or first responder uh, social worker would do in a situation like that, what, what the tasks would be that they would bring their professional ability to bear um, alongside the International Red Cross, for example. Well, uh, I think uh, uh, international Red Cross has always focused on, first of all, is uh, is uh, uh, basic survival, and then the, they also uh, focus on healthcare. Mm. Uh, but at, in addition, they also try to provide psychological first aid. That means uh, they would try to provide comfort and accompany to mm. those uh, uh, refugees, mm. and uh, and these are very important. Uh, from our uh, previous experience, I think there are still more areas that we can do. Uh, for example, we can offer children's services, which is very important. We try to provide uh, even schooling and uh, uh, or at least play groups for the children such that the parents can uh, try to find some work or try. And they have actually a lot of things to do to connect with the local government or uh, seekers um, or or stand in the line to collect uh, uh, the charitable uh, 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 the welfare uh, mm. that they may be entitled. So we need to free uh, the parents uh, for their other kind of work. But at the same time, I think for the children, it's, it's a good thing. It's because it's, if you have a kind of school or tutorial, uh, life become normalized. Yeah. So uh, there's one thing that we can do. And of course, uh, among the uh, refugees, uh, they need to connect with uh, different family members or uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes they need uh, the uh, digital devices to help them or someone to write uh, letter for them, or if they need to communicate with the government, local government, like say in Turkey, then uh, perhaps. Uh, but they they sometimes they uh, they speak the same languages, uh, but in any case, uh, they may not be used to uh, contact the government departments. Social worker may play a role in this kind of coordination and uh, uh, yeah. connection. 
And uh, of course, the third thing that we can do, uh, I think, is help uh, to uh, see uh, improve the situations of the resettlement center and see whether it is more habitable for the people and they uh, it, such that they can uh, live in a certain way uh, that uh, is more uh, acceptable. And the fourth thing that we always would do would try to engage the uh, refugees such that they can do some self-management and it is empowerment. Uh, so there are actually a lot of things that we can do in the refugee center. And of course, Hong Kong, uh, as a Hong Kong social worker, we also have that kind of experience because it's a, it happened a long time ago, but it, I, I also uh, was able to involve you, you, you remember the Vietnamese uh, boat people. Oh, yes. Uh, we have a lot of uh, Vietnamese boat people that come to Hong Kong, and then they were uh, forced to stay in those, um, we say, uh, concentra- it's not concentration center, yeah, but it yeah, is yeah. actually isolated from the community uh, because they want to uh, uh, actually go to the West and other countries, so they are waiting for asylum. So uh, we have these uh, refugee camps for a long time. Uh, I think uh, I, do, I think it's yeah. almost ten years before it was uh, totally. So uh, so for example, agencies like International Social Service they uh, they were actually appointed to organize a lot of uh, uh, social work services with inside the camp. So I, so uh, you can say actually uh, refugees can uh, with the uh, approval or recognition of the local government, then I think uh, there's a lot of things that we can do to help the people. Okay, yeah. let me ask you a, a broader question to start with. In terms of resources, can, what could social workers across borders bring to bear, or are they more mainly really a coordinating role? Well, uh, SWAP, we call it social workers across borders. Mm. Uh, we are uh, an NGO um, focused on disaster response, but mainly uh, we are based in Hong Kong. Uh, we do not have uh, international uh, charitable funding, so um, so we have certain experiences in help, in doing uh, this kind of work. Where, for example, even outside Hong Kong, uh, we have uh, tried to uh, help the earthquake survivors in uh, Taiwan. And then uh, also we went to uh, East Japan after the earthquake and uh, Nepal after the earthquake. We have mm-hmm. several places. We've been, yep. uh, but uh, mainly, mainly uh, the, the funding comes from social workers themselves. Uh, we are, uh, as a start, uh, we are the volunteers of social worker. Uh, at the beginning, when we went down to uh, uh, Kaulak of Thailand, uh, nearby Bukit. Actually, uh, we sent uh, seven or eight groups of social workers there. Every social worker is paying for their own airfare, and then they also has to uh, donate certain uh, program fees. Yeah. But uh, uh, the situation that, is quite a bit incredible. different. incredible. That, that is very, very laudable. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, that is, I think uh, that's why uh, social workers across borders actually is they are volunteers. Mm. They are volunteers, and uh, when you start uh, as a small agency, no one will give you money, isn't it? Yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> the situation changed a bit. <laughs> changed a bit uh, when we were working in uh, Wenchuan, uh, 
in China because uh, one trend earthquake happened in 2008. Mm -hmm. at, at that time, uh, uh, we started by ourselves and then uh, uh, we got some funding from uh, individual donors. And later on, we also got a funding uh, from the Hong Kong government uh, for a three-year project in Wenchuan, in Sichuan. So we hire uh, four so, uh, Hong Kong social workers and six local social workers and, and uh, develop a center there and for three years, continuous service. But it is rare. This kind of opportunity is rare. So I think, uh, I think we need, uh, uh, for example, other European countries to see the value of uh, sending social workers to these refugee camps. No, I think that I think sounds, no, yeah. And I was just going to say that does sound a very positive idea. Um, yeah. If has anybody at the moment begun any conversations with Swab um, in terms of what you've just outlined, or is that just something that you think is a possibility? I think it's a possibility. I think, uh, and not only Swab. I think uh, in the Europe, there are a lot of uh, social work agencies that are uh, that focus on uh, uh, that are engaged in uh, disaster social work. Uh, for example, even in England, uh, Linda Dominini, uh, he she has written a lot about uh, disaster management, and uh, she has gone down to uh, Sri Lanka after the uh, Asian tsunami. I think there are a lot of people in. Uh, you, uh, in Europe, uh, that has uh, disaster social work capabilities. And, and I, I don't know uh, whether the British Association of Social Workers will also be interested. Uh, well, I, I'll I tell, know, I'm uh, going to tell them, obviously. <laughs> I think, you know, this is, the, <laughs> this is the kind of conversation I have to point at them. But as I said, I'm, I, I couldn't swear to know, of course, everything that's being um, initiated elsewhere. So I just wondered if you'd had any conversations about this already, or if it's just something that you know that your network of people would be would be talking about. I am not aware of it. Uh, of course, uh, you and I were connected with GISW. Uh, GISW is also uh, mm -hmm. very early. We uh, think uh, we can, we hope that we can do something, but uh, I think GISW, based in Singapore, uh, we. Uh, do not have that uh, resources. But uh, as I'm thinking, uh, if the EU is going to uh, do something about it, uh, and, and, and then they can, of course, squeeze some money, uh, let's to help people, help mm. the refugees in, mm. in Poland. Is it, is it something oh, that that's uh, the biggest, they should yeah, do? Absolutely. That's the biggest number of refugees in Poland. Absolutely. Um, Yes, I think you and I talked before, didn't we, about the, the, the high risks that there are to uh, many of the vulnerable refugees as well. And they could certainly, you know, um, value a professional friend. Of course. Uh, now, uh, we understand that uh, uh, the refugees from Ukraine, uh, they, they do not allow the men to, left, to leave the country. So you can see that the family was splitted, is that right? They are splitted. Mm -hmm. So yeah. only the women and children are there. So of course they need children's services, is that right? Mm. And then the, some of them, uh, we can see from the videos and the reports, a lot of older women, is that right? And a lot so of people with health, health problems as well, and especially mental health problems too. I mean, there's an enormous um, need for support. Yes, yes, yeah. 
And uh, I well, they're, think they're, they uh, are getting they are getting some, but I've not heard it so focused as you were describing with, with the history of of um, um, Kifab, uh, of Kifab. You know, the the whole business about the the social workers without borders having been around for 16 or 17 years and picked up that experience that you just outlined. I mean, I think that would be invaluable. Well, uh, yes, uh, because uh, we uh, actually have to study disaster. <laughs> so we follow uh, different disaster rather closely. And then uh, or when, uh, uh, when the Syrian war uh, has forced a lot of refugees to Turkey, already uh, our our uh, association, uh, I mean SWAP, has tried to has think about whether we can send at least a few social workers uh, went down to Turkey, mm-hmm. and uh, I have uh, actually two two students I supervise that they, they have al- already done some research about uh, the refugee situations in Turkey, and uh, and of course I think uh, uh, they can survive, but uh, mm. uh, they can survive better. Yeah, with social work. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm having a conversation as well and possibly doing a podcast with um, the chief executive of the organ, an NGO in the UK called Children and Families Without Borders. I don't know if you've come mm, across mm, them. Mm, mm, um, I mean, th- th- these are the kind of like joined up dots. Do you know what I mean? Of, of, of we yes, be- yes. And, yeah, and so I'm also connected. Mm. Yeah, doing some work with Bernardos, if you've ever come across them, and various mm. other NGOs. So I think I'd be very pleased to um, let people be aware of what you're saying and what you're, you know, you think you could offer. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, and together, I think uh, we can bring uh, more resources. Mm. And, uh, and there's also one strategy that we learn or one, uh, uh, one uh, tricks that we learned uh, is that uh, we must, uh, whenever we go uh, to uh, to be responder, we we always have to identify a local partner. If yeah. we cannot do anything, actually, with our local partner, uh, someone, uh, for example, this case, in this case in Poland, we also need uh, social workers from Poland or social work educators from Poland, yeah. uh, such that they can. Um, uh, they can uh, connect the local people, and then they can, yeah, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They can, they have, they have to guide us. Well, yeah, I think we need that's, a guide. Yeah, the local, yeah. the local angle is always important because you know we can't. It's like anything; you can't send people from the UK into the middle of Africa without working with uh, to look at what, what, yes. what an African response should be. And the same applies to Ukraine. And, and with Ukrainians coming to the UK as well as other European countries, um, I mean, you know my p- proposal, which is actually to embed social work, uh, well, care workers from Ukraine as um, uh, advisors, if you like, to social workers in the UK to pair them up together. I think sure. that would be a, yeah. a, a good practice. Would you not agree? Yeah, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. uh, we need that. And uh, and uh, also, uh, when social workers uh, uh, are working in this uh, war situation or refugee situation, uh, we always use an interdisciplinary approach. We need yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. healthcare people, local partners, and then uh, we may even need uh, to involve some uh, religious uh, uh, 
people such that they, they can also help in mm -hmm. the providing mm -hmm. yeah. uh, religious counseling. Yeah. Yeah. The last person I was talking to on the, the, the previous podcast, a previous podcast, um, Raisa Kravchenko, was um, possibly the leading or one of the leading people in Ukraine in terms of um, working with people with intellectual impairment or learning difficulties. And mm -hmm. the figures were just staggering. I, I'm just thinking of what was needed. Um, something like nearly 300,000 um, Ukrainians have a, a diagnosis of disability, and lots of them have diagnosis of an intellectual impairment. Um, and with the pandemic and now the war, the uh, amount of chaos is just huge and the amount of dislocation is huge, the amount of displacement is huge and the amount of carers who've either died or been separated from those who need them is enormous. I think that the, the, the scale of need is just enormous. And so some of yes. the things you were talking yes. about are, are, you know, this is going to go on for years. Yeah, we can... We can uh... I think we can calculate. Uh, for example, we know that uh, Ukraine has uh, around sixty-seven million. Uh, mm. uh, sixty-seven million is that right? Seven, sixty-seven million. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Population. So, if one percent, we can understand. If one percent of students have learning difficulties, then there's a huge number. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, so now if we, uh, I think thirty, three hundred thousand, I think is underestimate. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I think if we can serve 300,000, it's already uh, a, a marvelous job, a marvelous job. And first of all, of course, they need uh, food and then the survival and then the uh, basic care, security. They need certain place that, they, that is saved. Uh, fortunately, if they have uh, uh, left uh, the Eastern Bloc, then uh, it will be safer. Uh, however, when they displace, they have no support. No, you know, and then the father is not there. No, I think the other thing too, Johnson, is that until about a year or two ago, Ukraine way of dealing with mental health issues or people with intellectual impairments was very, very much a medical model, and it was based with the psychiatrist was the one in the center of it all. And social workers have only really just become part of teams in the last year or two. And of course, now we've got all this disruption. But the woman I was talking to, Raisa, was saying that in the area of Kiev that she lived in, of a district of maybe 200,000 people, it used to be serviced by 12 psychiatrists. And they would, of course, give out medication. Now there are only two psychiatrists left, and especially those who are absolute in poverty or have lost everything, See. they can't access the medication. So it's like a double problem, a double blow. True, true. Uh, mm. We can uh, imagine, uh, I think, uh, the lead work that... Uh, the people they, they are referring that uh, that require psychiatric uh, care uh, mainly are those who are more serious. Mm. No, of course, uh, and also the there's the, a the sheer fear that especially people who are on the extreme ends of the autistic spectrum will feel if they're totally separated from those, everything they know. To the environment. 
uh, you know, sometimes they may not have uh, emotional affections to the mother of carer, but they are very attached to the uh, physical environment. Yeah. So yeah. it is very difficult to bring them away from where they are used to and then try to put them in another refugee center. This yeah. almost, I cannot imagine uh, how, how difficult it is to help them calm down. But yes, that is where uh, autistic yeah. children is very difficult. It's, it's a yeah. huge area of need and, and all, all over. Well, look, what I propose to do, obviously, is I, I, I'll, I want to let people know about social workers across borders. I want them to know about what you are able to offer if, you were, if, it, if the conditions were right. And um, who else might well link up with you in the meantime to discuss it further. I think that's something that I can do. I feel as if I'm kind of in a, 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 a kind of a middle role here, but that's the sort of thing I feel I'd be most helpful about is actually putting you in touch with several other organizations. Is that, does that be all right with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, of course, uh, everything starts from assessment. Mm. So uh, I think uh, there's a model that we always use is uh, Albert Roberts, uh, crisis intervention yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, ACT yeah. model, assessment, crisis intervention, and treatment. And uh, this model is uh, tells us that it is very important to do assessment. And of course, we need, uh, if possible, local partners to do the assessment. Yeah. So it's safe uh, as a lot of... Uh, uh, well, actually, we cannot do it. <laughs> okay, Let's not save our <laughs> effort. It's actually, we cannot do it without their support. Or they, no. actually, they are doing it. We may be able to provide them uh, certain sharing of our experiences and how to do it and how to differentiate different types of needs. And then the, the second stage, uh, I think we can do some... We can train some volunteers if they recruit the volunteers. Mm. And then, of course, uh, if situation were right, I think uh, from our side, uh, a few uh, social workers experienced it in the disaster management, they will be uh, willing to uh, went down to, uh, for example, Poland. Yeah. Mm. And uh, uh, we, do not, we are not sure whether we can uh, recruit people to go to uh, Ukraine uh, but I know that there are certain teams of uh, disaster manager managers that uh, were actually visiting Ukraine uh, during yeah. the war, or yeah, Shun, or Shun, uh, uh, when they were uh, when the war was started in the early stage, they, they were still in Ukraine. Uh, another group is called TIEMS, uh, is of uh, emergency managers. So. Well, uh, so there are, so, there are, there is a sure. route. Yeah. There is a, a possible yeah. route in there to, to get to where the yeah. help is needed. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, no, good. Other than that, um, I mean, obviously, Ukraine is dominating everybody's thoughts at the moment. Um, but generally speaking, let's just finish up because I will pass everything you've said on and make or make sure everybody listens to you. But um, Thank you. yeah. your work at the moment um, in Hong Kong and in China, because you, you kind of split your time, don't you, between the two? Well, uh, actually, I uh, am based in China uh, mm. since 2006. I moved up to China, but uh, it was only uh, two hours away from Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. You... Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, China is like, such a vast country. I, I had to laugh 
the other day when you told me that you live in a place of two million people. It's a very small town. <laughs> and, uh, to, to the UK, that's an enormous city still. Adjacent to, you know, it's adjacent to Macau. We can oh. walk over to Macau. <laughs> and then uh, we can drive up to Hong Kong for uh, within two hours because now we have a bridge, okay, yeah. connecting Hong Kong and Zhuhai, Macau. Yeah. Uh, but because of the COVID, yeah, so uh, ah, we need yeah, to be, yeah. yeah, we need to quarantine until I think uh, Hong Kong is planning to open up its borders, uh, at least to China uh, in May, I think. Okay. So after May, then we can uh, uh, move rather freely. But of course, uh, my partners, uh, uh, social workers across borders, uh, the headquarters is based in Hong Kong. So my colleague, uh, actually, we uh, communicate uh, quite often on uh, on on Zoom. Hmm. Okay, so uh, and they are doing something because I Hong Kong also has a very serious outbreak of Omicron uh, in January, yeah. and uh, in the last few months, uh, uh, actually eight thousand people has died, have died because of Omicron, and uh, I have also trained uh, over the Zoom uh, some uh, volunteer social workers in Hong Kong and help them to set up what we call social psychological services uh, for the people uh, affected yeah. by the yeah. COVID-19. Yes, things are going on. Yeah, I know, it's enormous. The whole thing is such a, a massive landscape in terms of need and in terms of chaos and in terms of every country seems to dry, dip in and out and in and out of crisis with um, COVID over the last two years. I mean, the, you, you said the UK right. you thought was more stable at the moment. Well, it might be, but an awful lot of people are still being infected. It's just a question of the severity of the infection now. We're in that phase. You know, it's not perhaps as bad yeah. as it used to be. But who knows what yeah. tomorrow will bring? I don't know. Um, you know, this is very much uncertain times. Anyway, yeah. look, Johnson, I'm I'm really pleased. Just just one final question because I've forgotten the name of the institute, the joint institute that you kind of work to that, that's based Hong Kong and China, Hong Kong. It, 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 it is I couldn't remember that was what it was actually was called. Uh, social workers across borders. Mm -hmm. Are you referring to this? No, it I'm is, talking yeah. about it, your teaching. You a know. teaching. Okay, my teaching is. Uh, uh, what we uh, we call it, uh, which is quite a long name, is Beijing Lomo University, Hong Kong Baptist University, United International College. Uh, the university that I'm working actually is a joint venture between uh, Mainland University and uh, Hong Kong University. The Mainland University is called uh, Beijing Lomo University. Uh, it is Originally, it's mainly focused on education, but now it's a comprehensive uh, all-round university. And the other one is Hong Kong Baptist University. It was established in uh, 1956. So, uh, but uh, UIC, the United International College, is also an independent university, but we have the board from uh, our council is coming from the two universities, two mother organizations. But we are independently registered with uh, the Ministry of Education in China. Right. And then the, it is English, uh, the teaching media is English, and then the curriculum is international. Yeah, uh, everything we teach is uh, actually uh, um, will be given, the students will be given a Hong Kong BU degree. Uh, we have now a uh, bachelor, master, 
and uh, some right. PhD students. Yeah. Can can the graduates practice in both Hong Kong and China? Uh, they can practice in China, uh, but to practice in Hong Kong, uh, they can be hired by social worker uh, social work agency. But to be eligible for registered social worker in Hong Kong, they Hong Kong is now only allowed uh, uh, local uh, universities. So, uh, so I, uh, that means that they cannot directly practice in Hong Kong unless they got another uh, one-year degree study in Hong Kong. Then they will be allowed to work in Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay, okay, understood, understood. Well, look, Johnson, I've come to our end of the time for this one, but I think you probably guessed that I, I really want to keep um, checking in with you about how things are going. And so I'd be delighted if you okay. would agree if we could come back to this in, in a short time. Well, you know, in a few weeks or a couple of months or so, just to actually have an update on how things are going. Would that be all right? Sure, sure. Uh, of course, I want to know whether uh, the discussions are uh, of interest to the UK audience. <laughs> you, you should let me know. Okay. Yeah, I will, of course. Of course, I'll let you know. I mean, um, the, 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 the podcast does go mainly to UK, um, U USA and Australia and so forth. But a, a lot um, are picked up by, you know, I would say about another 20 countries around the world in smaller, wow. in smaller wow. but in smaller numbers, you know. So um, I still can't figure out why I've got three or four dedicated listeners in Saudi Arabia, but never mind. I'm, I'm sure they're very interesting people. Um, yeah. Okay, look, Johnson, that's the end of it today. But I mean, thank you very much indeed for being a guest again on the program and My really, pleasure. really look forward to you coming back again. So thank you. Sure, sure. Bye bye now.